0: Hello, what's your point?
1: You know, I would be remiss if I didn't mention, Garnet, the important role that you're playing on WPKN in not simply independent journalism, but making sure voices get out. The reality is that as we talk about social media and, and cultivism and hashtags, conversation, like deep dialogue, these issues is really what we're gonna need if we're gonna ever get to that point of reimagination so I just wanted to to thank you you know we've got a list for the revolution um, and that revolution really is going to uh, have to be one that allows us to to conquer these inequalities and move forward as, as as a nation as a whole but also as a community united.
0: Okay thank you so much Welcome to What's Your Point here on WPKN Radio. My name is Garnet Ankle. Today's quote. If I agree to dispose of any part of our land to the white people, I would feel guilty of taking food away from our children's mouth. And I do not wish to be that mean. Sitting Bull was a Native American chief who united the Sioux Tribes of American Great Plains against the white settlers taking their tribal land. Teokosin Ghost Horse is a member of the Cheyenne River Lakota Nation of South Dakota. Teokosin is an educator, musician and international speaker on peace and the global issues facing native peoples. He has a long History in Indigenous Activism and Advocacy. Tia Cussin is the founder, host and executive producer of the internationally syndicated First Voices Radio, now in its 28th year of broadcasting on WIOX 91.3 FM in Roxbury, New York, and also right here on WPKN on Tuesdays at noon. A master musician of the Lakota flute and a teacher of magical, ancient and modern sounds, Tia performs worldwide and has featured at the Cathedral of St John the Divine, Lincoln Center, Madison Square Garden, Apollo Theater, Metropolitan Museum of Art and the United Nations as well as many universities and concert venues internationally, including Stockholm, Sweden, with the renowned Swedish musician Ebert Lundberg. Tirkusin serves on boards of several charitable organizations dedicated to bringing non-Western education to native and non-native children. In 2016, Tirkusin received a nomination for the Nobel Peace Prize from the International Institute of Peace Studies and Global Philosophy. He is a 2016 Native Arts and Cultures Foundation National Artist Fellow in Music, and in 2018 was an inaugural nominee to the National Native American Hall of Fame. Turgosin describes himself as a perfectly flawed human being, who is a sun dancer, in the tradition of the Lakota Nation, Tigerson Ghost Horse, welcome to What's Your Point right here on WPKN Radio. It's so so
1: good to be here. Thank you so much, Garnet, uh, for having
0: me. Yes, it, it's great to have you here. And um, we want to I want to talk talk first about the the impact of. Um, The COVID 19 pandemic that has ravaged the world and indeed ravaged the United States. One first ask about you personally. How has it affected you as a person?
1: Well, that's a very good question. Thank you. I know it goes deeper than just myself. In relationship to the people that that, uh, are original to North America or Turtle Island, I am pretty privileged. I am very privileged to have running water and privileged to have healthy food. Um, I am privileged to be able to help others because of my privilege. Um, and I feel very lucky that I've been uh, very healthy so far um, this past year. Um, and I think that hearing the, the tragedy what's of what's going on with the Native people in, in parts of uh, Turtle Island or the United States or North America We don't know enough about why they are um, getting the COVID nineteen. Um, first of all, I think that tragedy is because of uh, the sanitary conditions that were taken away from Native people, where we are affected more adversely because the lack of water. At one time, there was there was so much water, you know, that we we that you know the mining companies, the oil companies, and those companies, international extraction corporations, came in and used water to, to, to assist their mining with, and so that's where the water went and was depleted. And so now, uh, consequently, there is no water for Native people. There's no running water. And so now, you know, to go miles to get even contaminated water is a chore, and uh, we're not as modernized as most people think. Um, I think it's not anything to be ashamed of, uh, but that one time we were healthy and uh, we, we strive to be healthy. And so, personally, that's how I would be affected. I still take the steps of really perceiving uh, through my people, through my elders, the Lakota people, what and when and how to treat this um, virus, which is a very natural thing. Um, As as we have said as Native people many times that we've been given new diseases um, um, after the settlers landed here in the Western Hemisphere, and they brought many diseases that we were just very clean as people. Uh, Our our lifespan was 120 to 125, 130 on an average, because of that cleanliness and how we lived with the Earth. And uh, we did not... uh, uh, take too much, uh, and, and, but always were in a, in a giving mode of generosity and so nature recognized that. And So when, when I individually am a little um, understanding of why people are concerned about Native people, it's because I know that that concern is, 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 is good, it's pure, but there is also an ing- amount of ignorance as to why we are, we are sick, why there are hot spots. That um, were brought to us, really, so I think it, it's that tragedy of not knowing enough about who we are as Native people. Garnet is one of the examples of, um, you know, out of sight, out of mind, so to speak. And, and therefore we make up myths about the Native people that they are all alcoholics or they're all uh, not very clean people or they're uneducated or they're not as intelligent as the Western mind is or um, they're not getting with the program, or they're lazy. All the stereotypical myths that someone would make up uh, of, a, of a very strong people. Um, and, and that's the difference, is that we are still here, regardless of what has happened to us as Native people. And when I am in the East Coast, when I'm here in the East Coast, I'm always helping all people, but um, I wouldn't say the underserved or the underprivileged. It's just I, I am... I am privy to being able to give to the native people so that the the, uh, traditional cultures, the the herbs, the medicines that we know that we still can get are helpful, but then there are other medicines that we are not allowed to get even to this day. Um, We aren't allowed to go to those lands where traditional medicines are because either the government or their private property by Americans who own. That medicine so to speak so we can't go there and that that part of the tragedy is that people don't recognize that we don't have full religion uh religious rights here in our own land let alone having enough land to live with and so that we can you know not have to depend on a government and in the way of a mind and the way of living like uh like civilization which uh you need uh, rules and regulations in order to, to live as a citizen within this, this country called the United States. But when you come from a culture, th- the only thing that exists is respect. And that respect is it goes across the humanistic, human-centric view is, is, is that that uh, relationship goes to all life. So this is why everything matters to us, is how we speak, how we treat that medicine, that life, the other life forms, um, as compared to who we are, we are the equals of those. So that is as we know, is, is an international indigenous way you feel. The language promotes that, relates to that. Um, but when we have to, to um, survive in a society that calls itself a culture of America, then we know that uh, most people are not going to be fully... Uh, integrated in, 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 in their education about who we are as Native people.
0: Yeah, yeah so we will touch a little on uh, some of those issues, but we want to zero in a little more on how the COVID-19 pandemic has ravaged, I think it has adversely affected Native people in this country, or which I called indigenous people in this country more than any other race, more than the white people, more than black people and so forth. So tell us how uh, your people, the indigenous people of this, the owners of this nation, just give us a, a brief synopsis of what is happening right now with these people, how they're suffering under the ravages of this deadly pandemic.
1: I will I'll use uh, my, the example of the reservation that I um, was born and raised on and come from and belong to that land there. Um, of the Cheyenne River, Lakota people, it was named in honor of the Cheyenne people who live in Montana, and so we are Lakota. So when, when, when this uh, pandemic first began, we um, were told that it, it was uh, through before ever, all the news was out you see the other reservations around the United States knew something was going on uh, months before and so they went into ceremony to, to see what they could do and it told um, it said that uh, the energy that we knew of something coming that we, we need to to guard the border so to speak um, and vet people who are coming through that they didn't bring this disease to us this contagion called COVID-19 or Corona. And so at that, on the outset, we, we actually blocked the, uh, entries to our reservation in South Dakota, which is by the way, as big as the state of Connecticut. And so, you know, you have this large tract of land with, with about 25,000 people, native people scattered throughout this, this, uh, this land, and that's the land of the reservation. And there were many ways to get get in. There were um, maybe six or seven major roads coming into the reservation. Of course, there are always the back dirt roads that people, ranchers, use there on that reservation. But the main roads, the main portals to our reservation were where we would ask people where they were and who they contacted and were they sick. And, and so that worked. It worked up until a month ago, uh, excuse me, in, until like um, end of August. Um, we know that tr- Trump, um, the selected president of the United States at that time, had come in to um, Mount Rushmore to celebrate uh, the 4th of July, call the independence of this country. Um, and, and after that is when uh, the governor, Christy Noem of South Dakota, came in and said that and told to Trump that he she did not like the Native people enforcing their own laws within the state of South Dakota on their own land. And so it was uh, threatened that the federal the federal funds would be withdrawn if we didn't take down our our checkpoints going into the reservation. And now to remember that we didn't stop anybody from going through the reservation, and, and that's what they were going to do. And then there were also monitors about, you know, if you really did go through, then you were escorted off if you didn't, you know, co- comply to what you were, you were telling people. And so that there was no COVID. There were no uh, diseases from March until the mid part of August, I would say. Then we start getting reports because by then uh, the uh, state and the federal government, uh, their pressure our, the funding ran out to pay the guards, to pay um, the people who were set up to, to, to monitor the, the borders on our reservation. And then it was a free-for-all. And people came through, non-natives came through, and, and it just ballooned after that. Um, today, like one in, I would say one in 57 to 59 people on the reservation uh, have have. Uh, the disease or the virus uh, um, and whether or not people are dying is, is um, its always being updated of course so in, in that course on my reservation there had been I would think there was nine people but see that's not as tragic as some other reservations because we have water on that reservation so therefore, you know, but we didn't have the, the respirators we, we don't have adequate um Uh, a hospital at all really we have one there but it's not staffed enough so the real hospital is three miles excuse me three and a half hours away in the western part of south dakota on our reservation so if someone gets tragically sick or ill they have to travel by ambulance three and a half hours to get to a hospital and as it is now south dakota the whole state of south dakota not because of native people but because of the ignorance of the non-Native people, we are only 9% of the total population of South Dakota as Native people. And yet, you know, and still our numbers are low um, because we're always a social people as Native people. Um, but because our, our careful steps in understanding the disease or the virus as a being, um, something that needs to be respected and honored um, that we don't treat it as an enemy to attack, uh, to conquer it or dominate it or destroy it or you know, treat it as an enemy. And so you know, it, it, it's a, it's a um, eye to eye. We're going to negotiate, you know. Um, we know that we have been thinking wrong. We've been thinking like the white man. We've been thinking like an American who tends to own or dominate and wants to come in and destroy and take over and you know, just just being an American and that greedy, and so that's what we negotiate. Is that here's what we need. We want to do um, is to learn how to relearn how to live with the land that we're still on, which we are doing, which they have been doing, but it's not like a promise. It's like, okay, here's what we want to do, and this is in a language where we do not have the word for superstition. You see, so it's not some made up, uh, you know, uh, story is because we've been through the, the experience of COVID, uh, COVID and other viruses that came. Um, and so when I go out to other reservations, yes, the Navajo or the Diné Reservation, is because they don't have water. And you, you're talking about 200,000 Navajo people and, and probably nearly 4 million Native people Within the 48, actually 50 states here, including Hawaii, um, they're they're, and the the Native Hawaiians themselves are not Native Americans, so to speak. Um, So I would say the 49 states that we have Native reservations and Native land, um, and it's really a total of 2% of the total land mass that the United States uh, borders. Uh, borders, uh, we are bordered within. So we, we own, not really own, but we are occupying 2% of the total land that we once was 100% ours. So you have to see that we, our hospital has been blocked, meaning that mountain or that herb or that, that you know, to go pray and to go see our science, which is a very spiritual science first, as to be able to understand what plants we need in order to make sure that we are immune or more, more strong to to negotiate with this COVID, the same way, as, as but it's held differently in a non-native world where uh, the COVID virus is an enemy. You want to be conquered and destroyed. And yet that the great balancer, the great equalizer, as we understand it, was and is the COVID virus is to get us to notice that we aren't paying attention to nature as we could be um, yet we are still attacking nature with technology. And I think that's the difference between how we see um, um, how to deal and, and live with uh, live with the COVID virus. So it's not as tragic as people think. It's really because we are part of the tragedy uh, of ignorance um, that in the state of South Dakota, where most of the people you wouldn't in, there's less than a million people in the state of South Dakota. And again, we're only 9% as Native people within South Dakota. But it's not our people who have the bullseye in that state. It's the surrounding non-Native community. And, and how they are treating us is to often look at us as if we were tragic. And I, that spills out for the rest of the United States where, where, where we are um, you know, having to deal with labels put upon us. Now we go down to the Navajo Reservation, and you, you find that these Navajo are uh, very remote. And most of the time, their, their, uh, uh, their, their medical supplies facilities and, and their access to uh, medical health is, is very thin. In fact, there's nowhere to go. You, you get it by... People coming in, and, and even they, they wear masks and they're doing all the things they want. But we we kind of think non conspiracy. We, we are not theorists. We don't speak in conspiracy. But we know when government agents come in. You know, um, in this case, Trump's uh, son who came in uh, during his campaign before the election, and and you know when when the missionaries came in in the early part of the spring um, and the outbreak began at that time, it was non-natives bringing in something um, that we, were, we weren't we aware of that, you know, we trusted too much that the system could provide our security. So now we are reverting back to our own ways of being of how to deal with um, um, this COVID virus in the more traditional way. So I would think that to be really careful about, you know, making it very much a tragedy that Native people are suffering. Yes, it's true, but we're also throughout the United States. Um, yes, we at one time, this country was so pristine, it was so clean, that we became what the land was, so clean, without disease. And then disease came to our shores. And of course, we didn't have immunity to those diseases because... It meant that someone was out of balance, and I think that's what we—that the big message is that we need to be in rhythm and in balance once again with, with nature, um, so that the medicine that we can find still to—and they are using it. I'm telling you, there are Native people that aren't sick because they're using the traditional medicines, um, because we can't uh, afford even the tests. We can't uh, of COVID we can't afford the medicines that, you know, for instance, Pre- President Trump took, and even other people who recovered. We, c- we couldn't afford those. Um, yeah, we can. We're given aspirin, um, and you find that you know a lot of um, our constitution within our bodies are um, often we uh, we refer to as part of the land. So, um, and that that goes into a deeper um, thought process about how we. Um, are able to to quote unquote talk to the earth about this sickness and I think that's what we're trying to say is there's a different knowledge going on but we have to kind of crunch all of our stuff and put it into the concepts of, of English so that the English can compare how bad we are compared to, to the rest of the United States and I think that that karma that's happening now um, is because the, the lack of um, contact, the lack of, of uh, knowledge and awareness of, with the land, which we say um, COVID is here because uh, a lack of uh, a connection with nature, and it's part of the climate change that's happening. We are we already knew this that was, that this, these things would happen, but we didn't we didn't understand. Um, how other people with all their great science and technology could not understand that this was on the way because they were saying climate change, but yet we understood what climate change was about as Native people, and that's why we're still here.
0: Uh, Speaking with Tia Ghost Horse, a colleague right here on WPKN Radio, he hosts a show called First Voices Radio every Tuesday at noon. He is an educator, musician, and international speaker on peace and the global issues facing Native peoples. Uh, Tia Kassin, um how has the, the presidency of this person in the White House affected Indigenous people in the United States for the last nearly four years?
1: Yeah, good question. <clears throat> um, this is my thought, and I'm pretty sure a lot of Native people agree if they hear this, is that most people say, well, President Trump did not get us into war, but we as Native people understand that he is at war with the earth. He gutted at least 59 environmental laws to protect the earth and opened it up to vast extraction corporations, oil, mining. Uh, water, you know, just access to more land and sold more land than any other president so far. Is, I, I think I think I'd have to check on that again. Um, to the public, which is originally native land, where the promise was that unused public land would revert back to native people, and that never has happened. And that's one um, uh, truth that didn't uh, that didn't come true. Their promise do that didn't come true so when i'm thinking about um, what trump has done and will continue to do will affect this even up into the next generation because we're not just thinking about native people into the next generation we're thinking about how the environment nature has been affected she has to recover from from the, the anger of a president one president who was selected and elected by the process that the system continues the way it is. Even now, nothing will change because the land is still being ravaged. It's just, it's just doing it in a more nicer way, a nicer denial language. So yes, Trump has actually gone to war and is at war with Earth because he would withdrew any protections that were set up since uh, the early 70s um, um, to protect the environment. So you're talking about more than 40 years of land that you saw that was returning restoring uh, species such as eagles and such as uh, otters and, and deer and uh, big game animals as they call them um, to to the landscape and this meant that the keystone species which supported others other species returned also the smaller mammals um, the smaller birds that the, you know and, and and this is what we say that the native people also flourished. In in that time, um, because in 1978 there was, we weren't even one percent of the population. We were were less. We were about one million people at that time, and and so now we've flourished, and we consider ourselves um, a keystone species because we have knowledge with this land. We don't have it with with uh, you know Europe. We don't have it with Russia or Africa or Asia. We have knowledge and how to live with this land here because the language that we speak are about living with this land and interpreting and communicating with this land Um, called North America and South America. So when Trump came here and he withdrew funds and funding from the Environmental Protection Agency and basically gutted that that whole agency, he also he also withdrew money from the Department of Interior, which protected the environment and it protected under the, the guise of, I would say, uh, the Indian, uh, American Indian Religious Freedom Act uh, of 1978, which gave us freedom to go to be able to pick certain other herbs and, and sing our songs and, and, and be able to dance and speak our language and practice our cultures. And before that, it was, we could not... Even though we still rebelled and, and tried to, to do that, but we, um, so that's a longer history. But after that, you know, we could see that that um, a certain presidencies stipulated that, you know, they would do something good, but behind our back, other legislation, um, le- midnight writers, um, as far as the uh, legis- environment was concerned, yes, we'd be giving some land back but it was a stipulation that maybe we, we can, we'd can have to give up a certain access to a river so that the miners would come in. So this was not being told, you know, there's smoke and mirrors that are always being um, drawn up and given to the American public that it's, it's better for us Native people now because we have computers, we have cars, we have, uh, you know, satellite dishes mm-hmm. and all the things that so-called civilization appears that we're, we're doing better. But yet the poverty from our land, the earth distancing, the nature distancing that has happened is a, is a bigger tragedy. So that was brought about by a system before Trump came in. Trump just exacerbated the whole situation. And so we know that, that uh, Trump has, has declared war on Earth. And, and we know that matters more than humans declaring war on each other. You know, it does matter later, but we're saying that we haven't found that peace with Earth because we've, we're working out of a domination theory and, and taking justice out of the Earth and making justice a mental concept So we're fighting for civil rights and equality to be equal to white people or anybody else. And and I think that's the illusion, is that we forget the real power with the Earth and those languages that do not create an illusion, those languages that do not lie. So this is that situation when, when you're talking about um, the war against the earth is that our language is not a war against the earth. Our language is one of, of uh, communicating with the deeper um, dimensions of earth so that we can understand how to grow corn without fertilizers or pesticides and those languages are still spoken but yet that's pushed under because it means that our consciousness is much bigger than the language we're, we're speaking right now. Um, a very two-dimensional language, a very cause-and-effect language, a given reward language, very binary language, a yes and no, switching on and off language. When, when you're speaking a native language, it's, you're talking many dimensions all at once because we live in a relationship rather than a rationality. The uh, property and ownership, um, and a human-centered language. So that is true. That uh, that Trump um, had that maybe he didn't start a war, but he continued the bombing of other countries. And he also unseen war that no one wants to talk about—the elephant in the room—that he is continuing and opening up a, a war against the Earth here uh, in in. In
0: North America. Uh, speaking here with uh, Tia Kosin Ghost House, a member of the Cheyenne River Lakota Nation of South Dakota. Uh, the show is called What's Your Point? I Am Garnet Ankle. And uh, Tia Kosin is also a colleague here. He hosts a show called First Voices Radio on Tuesdays at noon. Uh, he's here speaking of the plight of his native people, the native people of this country, the indigenous people of this country, uh, of the Americas, to be exact, not both North and South America. And uh, during the, the 15th century, during the so-called Renaissance, uh, a, a, a man from Genoa, Italy, called Christopher Columbus, came here and um, robbed, raped, and plundered your people. Would you say that's where it all went downhill to this date? Um,
1: I think um, that um, we can say that was uh, an event, Um, and I think what happened a year later was a thing called the doctrine of discovery, or quote-unquote domination, um, and the 1493 papal bulls, which basically stated that there were no human beings in the Western Hemisphere. And unfortunately, a lot of that um, thought process, if even words, were brought into the United States Constitution. And people don't want to believe that the United States Constitution is a Christian document stemming from that 1493 papal bulls coming out of the Vatican. And it was to convert Native people, and if Native people didn't accept this monotheistic of God... Um, away from this life of Earth, and you were deemed that you could not live here because you didn't understand their God, um, and I think that was the bigger tragedy than, than Columbus because we have history of other peoples coming here, the Chinese, the Indians, the Africans coming here, um, they didn't stay. Uh, there was no massacring or getting rid of these people. The Vikings came here, other people. Um, but we didn't get rid of them. We welcome. That's not our ways to, to uh, you know, say you belong over there. This is our land. Um, since we namely don't have a, a concept of ownership, um, So, yes, it's open up. Yes, come live with us. Live with the earth. We'll show you how. Um, so we have recorded uh, in our histories uh, the Chinese coming. Uh, We've recorded the histories of Hindu who when they came here, they already knew and they went away with the the knowledge that this was Turtle Island. And so you can go back into the histories of the Han Dynasty or into the Hindi of the Hindu people and into Hindustan and, and read their histories that this was Turtle Island because they had visited it. And it was far before Columbus. You're talking maybe a thousand years before Columbus, maybe two. And so this is the histories there that we had also Native people going over to Europe and discovering the white man there in Portugal and in Spain. Um, and they, there's markers over there that say that these are, were these unknown beings from a faraway land, and they described Native people perfectly because of our skin tone, because of our features, um, that were, were very different and, and, and marked a race of how the native people in the Western Hemisphere. So when they exhumed and looked at their bones, they were indeed native people. So yes, we discovered other people also. But we don't like saying that because how can can anybody discover us and and knowing that they were coming according to our prophecy and that we would go through a period of 500 years of of tears and watching the, the ravaging of the earth and the massacring of over 117 uh, million native people. Um, and, and that was, you know, what happened. The Holocaust It was greater against the earth. And so our people, knowing that all life comes from the earth, we lamented the earth to the destruction of the earth. And so this is where we come from. And so in 500 years after that prophecy, uh, that they would come here and, and destroy is that 500 years after we would wait, we would stop, uh, we would wipe our tears, basically, and we would see clearly. So in 1992, according to that eagle and condor prophecy, we begin to circulate our consciousness. And so you you can see to to such things as Standing Rock um, and other places. The more you're, you're you know involved with in Native people, you see that this consciousness. Was in, was in Eastern Europe, was in India, was in, in, in Northern Europe, was in Australia, in Japan. Because when I went to these places, they were, you know, taking a stand for standing rock, you know, stand up for standing rock. That consciousness is, is what we were talking about, that this consciousness is needed. So, you know, we could say that all this tragedy uh, came here, but it's because certain people who were bent on ownership and imposing their god and losing empathy with the earth would have to, to go through, the, through their own experience of not knowing how to to uh, take the medicine or deal with the medicine of the earth anymore. And so they they they're, they're not knowing how to use the energy correctly anymore. And they're living they're, they're using reality rather than living reality as their language um, is all about using uh reality and making it up so um so you know people don't want to talk about columbus and that's fine we can say it's indigenous people's day but that's their idea there was no such thing as a holiday there was you know we have to decolonize our, our concepts about how to deal with columbus he's a dead man he has gone you know and and yet we were told to decolonize and colonize and that's not even a formula in our in our language because that's an aberrant way of thinking about um, how to live so we're not programmed to, to think in binary concepts, you know. Either you're know, on that side or this side, we're always talking about the practical mystery of we can do something so our consciousness and our languages have no concept of conscience. Is it right or wrong? Because when you're a consciousness, you're like the trees, you're like the birds, you're like the water, you're like the stars in the sky. You have nothing but consciousness. You're awake, you're aware all the time, and that's our language. It's always in the moment. It's not in the past, it's not in the future. It's right here all the time, and that's our languages. All over the world, you go to indigenous peoples, and that's what it's about. So Columbus, yeah, in their eventful history it's that he discovered us. We can laugh at that sort of, you know, um, I would say ignorant statement, which is very amusing, but then you come here and you see that Columbus is still alive with all the, the the classist system happening here where you have to work in hierarchy because that didn't exist here. You see, there was no such thing as hierarchy. Our languages of relationship could, could not permit hierarchy. monotheism that some race was superior to another race uh, even superior to a tree we couldn't think that we didn't we don't have that in our in our languages and these languages are coming back now just in time because the earth needs these languages all over the world indigenous peoples but we're not given you're not given the fucking or the the technology and I think that's a good thing because we don't need to be known to the white men or those people who think that they, they can own the land. Because the, the source of the land, the one, is when Columbus came in, he saw gold. Columbus came in, he saw a new land. And, and if you could have the money sign in his eyes, that's what he returned to Europe with, is that possibility that there was this new world, the land of Eden, the promised land, all of that. And, and indeed, it's still that to them, um, but to us it, it's not the promise, it was the gift, and we, we treat it still as a gift as made a people, not a promise, because the earth does not lie, and, that the, and that's the truth of, of the earth, and, and the way that other people have come here to apply their history, so Columbus has been, you know, a lot of the uh, traditional elders, like, who is this man Columbus, you know, yes, he was a man, who is this man Jesus? Yes, he was a man of over there. So those ideas belong over there. Here is what we are doing, all humans are doing to the earth. So to us, we can say Columbus's mentality is still here. And he was never conscious, conscious of what was happening here. He, his eyes were, were steeped in his eyes and his heart, if that was what it was, because I don't think a heart can be greedy. But his mind and his eyes were full of greed and that's why ownership, and that's why Trump, and that's why the election, and it, 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 people want it to be normal again, so they can continue to, the um, soft rape earth, you know, and, and not leave anything for the generations, not just of humans, but of all life, because all life has generations. So they got, they had the black and brown and red people fighting, you know, and they had the black and brown, Red and yellow people fighting to be like, you know, uh, to to fight to get a piece of the American pie. You know, we're fighting over the American pie, and like the white folks. And what I'm saying is that most people, even even other colored people, people of that the, the other other than native that have come here, they forget also like the white man that they forget who owns the bakery. You know, this land is the native native land and who is listening to us until they are imposing their way upon the land and we keep saying that's not how you do it. This is how you do it. And I think that's um, something we need to look at now, change the thinking, rethink how we think about native people. Because COVID is going to go away and what's going to still be there, what's going to be present? You know, the whole idea that another tragedy is on its way. And everybody lives in fear. Because we we don't know
0: the earth anymore. Uh, speaking with Tychosin Ghost Horse, a member of the, the Cheyenne River, the Lakota nation of South Dakota, uh, speaking of the plight of his people, the indigenous people of the United States. And... Um, Earlier on, we spoke of uh, the public utilities with regards to the native people. Um, what are the living conditions in these reservations across the United States? Um, I would suppose that many of them don't have running water. Many of them they have problems getting to doctors when they're ill, that kind of thing, from the young right up to the elderly. Your, your thoughts? Yeah,
1: um, I, I tend to see that... Um the ideas about who we are and how our living conditions in, are in yes we are very much in poverty and we're not even put on the grid when it comes to the economic indicator what 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 poverty is and what poverty isn't and uh, on my particular reservation 95 percent
0: of my people are unemployed um so you have sorry could, could you could you repeat that figure for us
1: Okay, on my reservation, among the Lakota Reservations, the the Pine Ridge Reservation, the Rosebud Reservation, the Lower Brule Reservation, the Standing Rock Reservation, and the Cheyenne River River Reservation, which are Lakota Reservations, um, unemployment runs around 95%. So we have 5% of the money that's coming in, it comes from the government. Um, And so it, it enforces those rules upon us is that we don't you know we can't bite the hand that feeds us because they've taken any way to live with the earth um you know that we they put up fences we can't you know go between because on these checkerboard you imagine connecticut all checkerboard is 120 acres at a time but each other each alternative um, Checkerboard is one is native, one is white, one is native, one is white. Well, as it is now, there are more non-native people on our reservation than there are native people. Okay, so it's not entirely all native living there. It's that the U.S. government opened it up um, to say, well, we gave we gave the native people this land. And, but they're not native people enough to go around so we're going to offer 168 uh, 120 acres or 160 acres as a unit to non-natives to come in and live there so but it was another way to uh, repress our culture and assimilate it easier but um, that hasn't that hasn't happened yet um, and I think uh, we, we have to understand that the ideas of tragedy and the, the plight of Native people is because um, there's, there's a lot of, of um, um, how do you say it, um, I've repeated several times here, the lack of ignorance about who we are. Um, these missionaries come in, the government agents come in, so uh, we, we get by, by our, our constant giving to each other, what little we have. And yes, we can say that all Native people are, we say they're alcoholics, and that's what one people want to say we we are. But, you know, we can say we're all, uh, uh, how do you say it, met met people. But these these two substances came from off the reservation, came from, from America we never talked about the tragedy that's happening in America behind doors and so you have to remember that the positive side of Native people is that when we become sober so to speak or clean free like we have the largest rate of more people stay to have a larger rate of sobriety than the rest of the world especially in the United States once we, we become awake we, are, we don't need all of those alternative substances now a lot of our people have lost the language i think that's a bigger tragedy um, but then there now the younger generation are coming back and re speaking the language and reinterpreting it the way we were supposed to rather than to, to you know pass out them to the, to, the, to the english language and, and explain it the way the english people wanted to to us to explain for instance we we didn't have a word for god so yet the word for God was imposed on how we describe wakantanka, wakantanka, or Wakan basically means um, to apply mystery, to consciously apply mystery to all things. But that's not God, you see, because it would be very arrogant of native people to say that God, we can't name what is God or who is God, but we can say that there is a consciousness. And we're in that consciousness. So it's like we're, we have the responsibility that our body is in in the soul. And so everything is our so, is the soul, and we must take care of that. And I think that's the bigger tragedy that most people don't see about how we are so much different than the rest of Americans who live here who want to uh, think in hierarchical terms. Um, for instance, a language um, doesn't have gender hierarchy. And you can't talk to, you can't talk down to anything, um, not even a bug. You can't talk down to that. So we, we are in, in the rapture, I would say that our people are being taken away from us. The tragedy is our, our children are being taken away according to the non-native laws. And, um, and so you have this, um, these ideas of, of you know, we, we're the poor Indians once again, and it's because we don't get with the program, we do not understand how to deal with the regular responsibilities of ownership and, and how we treat each other um, pretentiously, as in America. You see, So, um, if I am saying anything offends on people, then you think about how much we have to speak this language, which is very offensive. And, and how much we desire to speak our own language and be in communication with all life rather than just the human. I think that's the bigger tragedy.
0: And, uh, Tia Kusin, if you should have an audience with the incoming President of the United States, uh, Joseph Biden, and um, his Vice President, Kamala Harris, what would you want to say to them about the plight of your people, how they're going to make them whole? Or are they going to make things better for the people, the native, the indigenous peoples of this nation?
1: Yes. I I would ask them to honor the treaties. That their ancestors, even Kamala, who lives by that constitution, that their ancestors honor the treaties. And you would find that once you honor the treaties, the land would restore, would replenish itself. Um, if you come onto the reservation, there is not the tragedy that you see the pollution. You see, the, you know, the the, um, the the pollution you see out here. Um, there is more game now. There are more other other natural, you know, animals living there. More eagles, and so the land is still pristine because we hold it. We respect the land, so. I think honoring the treaties and and being able to say, well, the western half of South Dakota going into uh, 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 Wyoming, into Montana, into North Dakota, down in Nebraska, Kansas, and Colorado is indeed one treaty that the United States made with the Lakota people because they could not defeat the Lakota people in war. And they they didn't win one against us. They, They didn't win one battle against us. What they did was they got rid of all of our buffalo. The buffalo that fed the market, the supermarket, and the, once the buffalo were gone, this keystone species, is that the food that, that was available because of the buffalo disappeared too. So they starved us out. They, they didn't defeat us. So our spirit is still alive, and 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 you know, and that's what we're saying. We've been saying it. Return our land. Return our land, and, and then you would see that we not we don't want to be dependent on you and I think all made us feel the same way we don't want to depend on a foreign mind that always is raping the earth we don't want to depend on that we don't want to be benefits of the rape you see that's like denying and so we want this, this honoring the treaties right now give the land back no matter how bad it is we will fix it
0: Indeed. you know yes yeah. and uh you know uh we have just scratched the surface with you and, uh, and um we could go for another three hours but time yeah. is against us thank you so much dear Christine ghost horse for being on the show this is certainly going to be the first of many conversations with you thanks again oh no it's
1: a it's great T- thank you for doing this and, and for drawing attention Garnet. thank you for your program too On. Um, WPKN. It's an honor
0: to speak with you. Thanks. Uh, Thank you so much. You have been listening to a conversation with Teokosin Ghost Horse, an indigenous peoples advocate and activist. He is a member of the Cheyenne River Lakota Nation of South Lakota. You have been listening to What's Your Point? here on WPKN Radio. I am Garnet Ankle.